Hey there, we're the Mench Warmers. Uh, thanks for joining us. It's uh, Tuesday, October 22nd. Uh, I'm Jamie, this is Gabe. Hello, everybody. Uh, we want to welcome you to the Mench Warmers, our uh, Jewish sports and our boys recap podcast. Oh, I haven't watched our boys. Is it good? Stay tuned for the podcast and find out. Okay. Um, I want to thank again uh, Nate Thompson and the Montreal Canadiens for joining us on our last episode. It was our most listened to episode. Yep. So we understand we might have some new listeners, uh, to which I say, welcome. Yeah. Thanks for subscribing. Uh, Shana Tova. For people who, who are following us now after that uh, that last interview, you should know that So you know we tend to mix it up. We have a mix of interviews uh, live and taped, and uh, we have some podcasts that are just me and Gabe. Uh, or sometimes a special guest. This one's just me and Gabe. As this is, we are recording this on Simchas Torah. Consider this for the new people closing the book on every other podcast you've ever listened to yeah, and clo- opening the new book on your, ours. Close your actual books as well. They're very, uh, that's 20th century uh, nonsense. Get on the get on the 21st century podcast. Yeah, it's, it's 5780 now. Uh, it's time to listen to podcasts. Yeah. Is uh is, is our boys going to be discussed later? I also have a culture corner uh thing to talk about, so we can we can come back to that. Yes. Um, but Gabe, it's uh as I mentioned, it's Tuesday, October twenty second. Uh, yesterday was the Canadian election. Uh, so now that we're done with that, we can focus on the things that actual matter. Ma- actually matter. I'm talking about playoff baseball. That's right. Uh, and specifically the battle between Jock Peterson and Alex Bregman. Yeah. Uh, which never happened because Jock Peterson was eliminated in the uh AL sorry the NLDS to the That's Washington right. Nationals. Uh, shockingly, the Dodgers got beat by the Nationals, and the Nationals then swept the Cardinals in the next round. Let us hope this is not a prelude to Washington eliminating Jews from American history anymore. Yikes. Uh, but on the American League side, uh, Alex Bregman of the Houston Astros uh, is through to the World Series. Alex uh, didn't have a great NLCS. He was sort of a non-factor. Nope, but he is still likely, we hope... To win the Major League MVP award. The, MVP. the American League MVP award. And could have a World Series MVP, uh, you know, if he has a good series here. That's right. Um, on the other of- side, the Washington Nationals. I do not believe there are any Jewish No, no Jewish players on the Washington Nationals. But uh, the owner, Ted Lerner, and the Lerner family uh, are observant Jews. Uh, Ted Lerner apparently doesn't go to games on Friday nights. Uh, really? He's that observant. So I don't know that there's anything scheduled for this Friday. I assume Saturday uh, afternoon as well that he doesn't go. I I, just, I would assume not too, but but I'm not sure. Uh, but he's quite observant. So this is a battle between uh, one Jewish player and a Jewish ownership group. Interesting about uh, Ted Lerner. He has been married since 1951. Wow. He's been married for, Good for him. Uh, 66, 68 years. years. Because he's been alive for 94 of them. Wow, that's impressive. He is a very old man. He's got nine grandchildren. Right. They've named, they've married into the Lenkin family, the Cohen family, the Tannenbaum family. Uh, so they're really keeping it in the tribe. Yeah, that's great. And, uh, you know, shout out to them. And uh, they were they were the people who brought it from Montreal, which is, uh, you know, a darker part in the sports history. But, uh you know, the Washington community has definitely embraced the team. It's a big, uh, Ted Lerner, a big fan base there. Uh, is a very big donor to the Weizmann Institute in uh, in uh, Rehovot, Israel, known as uh, one of the world's first and most successful particle accelerators, huh. as well as the Hebrew University in Jerusalem. So I have friends who went to the Technion. I assume we have friends that went to Hebrew U at some point. So let's assume that if the Washington Nationals are going to win, that means Hebrew U is going to get their new library okay. that they've been going for for so long. So do we want Alex Bregman or do we want Hebrew U to get that 
uh, new lab benches they've been saving up so long for? Hard to say. I mean, I think people can can make up their minds about who to root for, the Jewish player, the Jewish owners. Um, lots to root for there. Uh, nobody else Jewish as far as we can tell in the coaching staff organization. Although Al Rosen was the, uh, was the uh, general manager of the Astros for a while. Yeah, what back, years? I think back in the 70s or 80s. Right, a long, uh, long time yeah, ago. Yeah, a while ago. Um, there's one other baseball-related thing I want to look into, uh, discuss. So uh, Tablet Magazine, uh, online Jewish magazine, uh, Armin Rosen is the name of the author, who published an article about the uh, the Sandy Koufax curse. Right. So that is that uh, Sandy Koufax, legendary Jewish baseball player, didn't play on Yom Kippur. And there's the idea that uh, baseball players shouldn't be playing on Yom Kippur, the high holidays. And as it happened, the three Jewish baseball players in the moment who were all on teams that had games on Yom Kippur, either Erev Yom Kippur or the day of, uh, their teams lost this year. And that was uh, Jock Peterson, who we already mentioned, Alex Bregman, and Max Fried of the Atlanta Braves. Do we get to count both Cole Nadre and the night of Yom Kippur well, as I think, both being I, on Yom Kippur? Yeah, I mean, I think so. So I, I, I was curious about this. I mean, this is an anomaly. I mean, first of all, it's not every year that Yom Kippur falls in the playoffs. But right. It is also 25 hours, so that's an argument in favor of both games counting. But I looked into it, and I wanted to see if there's any validity to this. Do people play poorly on, on Yontifs? So I looked into it for the last uh, the many years. Mentorwarmers does some data journalism That's here. right. We're not just looking things up on our phones uh, while the podcast goes on. Yeah, exactly. The classic um, Jewish sport of math. So I only looked at uh, uh, playoff appearances because yep. regular season doesn't really matter. I mean, you win or lose a baseball game doesn't really matter. Playoff, playoff games matter. Uh, so here's what I got for, for Jewish uh, Jews recently. Jock Peterson has played in one Yom Kippur game, October 11, 2016. He went one for three with a double and two RBIs uh, that were crucial in the Dodgers winning 6-5. Going back a little further, Hank Greenberg never played in a Yom Kippur game. Bregman's first one was this year. Kevin Euclid never played in a Yom Kippur game. Mm-hmm. Sam Fold never did. Ian Kinsler played in one. October 8, 2011, he was one for two with a walk and an RBI, and his team won 4-3. It's a good game. So that was, I believe, in the, in an ALDS with the Rangers. Uh, Ryan Braun, uh, th- this is a Colney Dre one, October 7, 2011, with the Brewers. Uh, went two for three with a double uh, walk, and the Brewers won 3-2. Oh, so you should tell Mr. Armin that perhaps his conjecture is false. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit more here. Uh, Brad Osmus has uh, played in two games in 2005 on air of Yom Kippur in the day of. One was a win, one was a loss. Gabe Kapler uh, played in 2003 playoff Yom Kippur game. That was a win. So he, he only was a pinch runner in that game, so maybe that's uh, that, that's part of it. that counts. But so counting last previous years and this year, what is the overall record of Jewish players on Yom Kippur? Uh, I mean, of those players that I looked up, this is sort of recent years, but their records, this is going back to 2000, was uh, five and one. Oh, uh, other guys, you know, Scott Feldman, uh, Sean Green, Kevin Pillar, Scott Schoenweis yeah. never played on Yom Kippur, as far as I can tell. You know, this is just sort of the happenstance because sometimes the games are September when there is yep. no playoff baseball. But as far as we can tell, if we want to make an index of, of these things for the last twenty five years or so, uh, Jewish players have overwhelmingly won on Yom Kippur. So maybe Hashem understands. Maybe they do. I mean, counting the games this year, it would make it a little more even. People are really into the athletic benefits of intermittent fasting. Oh, yeah. Perhaps uh, a professional athlete who has spent the day fasting can, can you know, standing in shul can uh, challenge that, you know, big Gamar Hatima Tova energy of when the break the fast moment happens. I think that's right. I think I think especially if you're a hitter and you're uh, yeah. standing in there against a, someone who, can th- who throws a curveball and they throw you a nice juicy meatball right down the middle of the plate. You're smacking that thing out of the park because yeah. you don't want it anywhere near you. You know, you, you can't have you can't have the temptation. I wonder if, you know, the sunlight happens, 
He, as soon as the lights, the big lights turn on, Ian Kinsler is just running for a bagel and cream cheese spread that's already out for him in the dugout. That's right. Quite, quite. You can imagine, you know, these guys eat a lot after a game sometimes, especially like in the summer heat and yeah. sweat a lot and, and burn a lot of calories. But uh, after a Yom Kippur where they're fasting, you, can, you can't imagine how much these guys could put away. Oh, yeah. So, especially uh, mid-game. Yeah, He's so. feeding himself the locks. Going slices upon slices upon slices. So, uh, you know, we're happy to look at more information if anybody has it for uh, football players or, or other sports uh, players playing mm-hmm. on Yom Kippur. But uh, until then, I mean, I think, I think you know, Tablet, unfortunately, uh, you know, respect the journalism they do, but they're not exactly uh, Jewish fan graphs yet. Uh, and, you know, they fell victim to a, a, a classic uh, problem with baseball statistics of the small sample size. You can't just look at one. Uh, you can't just look at Yom Kippur uh, 5780. You got to look at all the 5700 uh, Yom, <laughs> Yom Kippurs when Jews have been playing baseball and, and really see how they've done. So uh, Sandy Koufax, first of all, alive and well, uh, too busy uh, living his life and enjoying his yep. retirement to be haunting anyone. Uh, the, the Sandy Koufax curse, I think we're going to put that one to bed uh, and, and, and you know, not worry too much if there's Jewish baseball players playing on Yom Kippur in the future. That's right. Um, an update uh, I know of another sport. We spoke to Nate Thompson of the Montreal Canadiens. He indicated he would be playing on Yom Kippur to help the team. Unfortunately, the Montreal Canadiens lost right. that night, but they did lose in overtime. Okay, uh, and, that's a point. And our friend Mr. Thompson did record an assist. Oh, that's so nice. that's a point, too. I saw that he scored an assist the other day when I was watching highlights. It was on a uh, Nick Suzuki goal, I'm going to say. Oh, yeah, I think he's the one on the, on the Canadians. Uh, what's the Who thing? is related to David Suzuki, by the way. Really? Canadian, uh, I don't know what his role is, environmentalist? What's yeah. the type of a relationship where you follow somebody on social media or there's a celebrity and like you believe you're actual friends, right? but they have no idea who you are? Yeah, I know when you follow each other, it's called a mutual. Yeah. Um, but that's like because you're both invested in each other's lives. But... I but, guess you're just among the following, right? But I don't think it's among the followings. I think you have like the personal distortion that you think they are, they would be your friend oh, right. if you knew them in real life. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, increasingly more writers on Twitter who seem to be like making a real career out of that of just like, you know, people people react to their stories and, and you yeah. know, they do sort of rea- interact with their fans a little bit, but uh, like Shea Serrano is that type of guy or right. Nicole Cliff or something like he that. He pretends, well, acts as if everyone's his friend from day one. I feel that about Nate Thompson. I'm well, gonna, because he he honored us with his appearance on this show. Uh, we are going to follow his career closely. I'm getting a note from my producer, uh, Alex. It is a called a parasocial interaction yeah. where you feel like you know someone on social media. Thanks, Alex. just by their profile. Oh, that's good. Good factoring. I mean, you know, it happens in normal life with non-celebrities as well. Just like people who you. Haven't seen in years, but tend to post too much. Uh, you're the Pierre Delectos, uh, as it were. Uh, <laughs> the Pierre's Delecto, who are just posting too much on social. Who uh, you know, you you have an asymmetric relationship about about how much you know about them compared to how much they know about you. I'd like to publicly apologize to my fiance for saying the phrase Pierre's Delecto. She has <laughs> insisted I stop uh, pluralizing the first word of multiple words, um, and I have caught myself. So my apologies. That's too bad. So we're going to do something interesting here. Uh, tonight, as we record this on Simchas Torah, is the Toronto Raptors, a uh, sports team that is followed closely by myself, James, Alex, uh, some of our listeners, uh, and presumably their Jewish friends and family, sure. uh, and that's the Toronto Raptors. And tonight, the Toronto Raptors are receiving their championship rings uh, after winning the NBA championship in uh, 2019, in June. Uh, and the ring ceremony being presided over by both 
Adam Silver and Larry Tannenbaum, two members of the tribe. The commissioner of the NBA and the uh, owner of the Toronto Raptors, respectively. Uh, and uh, so we're going to go to sort of a live on tape show where we are commenting on this uh, broadcast. Yeah, you get that real uh, experience of our Jewish commentary on the uh, on the ring ceremony. Exactly. Consider us your nebbishy uncles on either of your shoulder, yeah, whispering exactly. into your ear. Who won't shut up when you're uh, just trying to watch TV. And there it is. There's the trophy uh, showing on TV right now. Uh, obviously, we saw it last year. We talked about it last time when uh, when they when the Raptors initially won, and uh, the trophy was given to Larry Tannenbaum, the Jewish owner of the Toronto Raptors. He lifted it up and yelled, "Hugba!" It has uh, been Hugbud. It has been Hugbud. Uh, I think it's the same trophy. I don't know. Are there multiple trophies? I think there's one Larry O'Brien trophy that they just sort of hand around for everyone. I don't know. I mean, I I know like some trophies like you get it to keep, right? Like like the World Series trophy is like. You get one. Right? You get one. Yeah. You get Maybe one. you. Get, I bet you get one. There's I think probably you get a replica. There's I don't think it's like the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Right. No. No. I mean, I think there's a new one every year. That's the, the oh, new trophy every year. I don't yeah. think it's like the Stanley Cup where it uh, where it changes hands every year. Right. Maybe. Yeah. I don't you're know. Probably right. We might have to look into that. Uh, so so showing some highlight package from last year. Good to see uh, all all the guys. A lot of lot of Pascal. Not a lot of not a lot of Jewish players in this highlight package. No, but that's the way it is. You know, it's interesting to think about uh, what's going to happen when Kawhi Leonard comes back to town. Yep. I think um, I would imagine. Well, they'll do some sort of ring ceremony, right? Like he'll get his. Yeah, ring they'll give night. him a ring. I would imagine it will be like sustained applause, like everybody standing, recognizing how great he was and how instrumental he was to winning the championship. And then I hope like sustained booing. You know, <laughs> like Another, we give yeah. him the Vince Carter treatment. Like every time he touches the ball, we start booing. Like, I don't really have any bad will towards the man, but on right. the other hand, he did leave. Like, yeah, know, we got a boo. That, that just seems to be right now. But I mean, showing this pure unbridled joy from that uh, game seven shot, right? He created a moment and he brought us a championship, which you can trade so many years of misery for to make it sort of worth it. Well, I, I'm not really willing to trade misery at this point. I think the Raptors are going to be good this year. I mean, it's hard to say how much. It, it's a relatively different treat team without Kawhi, but they did well without him last year. So... Between Drake and Larry O'Brien and the Hugba and, I guess, a lot of the Jewish community for which we're a part, are the Raptors the most Jewish team in the NBA? Well, uh, I looked into this a little bit and wanted to look into whether or not there's any Jewish players, coaches, executives. So uh, let's start from the bottom as the Raptors' uh, montage of them playing against Golden State starts to show. So starting with players, we have someone who's currently a member of the Golden State Warriors. And as far as we can tell, the only person potentially with Jewish heritage in the NBA at the current moment, and that is Willie Cauley-Stein. Willie Cauley-Stein. I mean, Stein, I get it. I yeah. hear it. Cauley? Yeah. So also Jewish. Cauley, not Jewish. Okay. The Stein part is maybe. Yep. So here's what uh, we looked into it. So Willie Cauley-Stein, uh, formerly of the Sacramento Kings, uh, formerly from uh, Kansas University, now with Golden State Warriors, always injured right now, might, might not play for the first couple weeks. Yep. So one source I found online was a, uh, a Kansas radio blog um, that said that he's not Jewish and that the Steins are German-based Steins. So uh, like the Bierstein. Exactly. So Kansas uh, has some you know German German community there. So they were Kansas uh, German Steins and that they weren't Jewish. Like your Jaden Schwartz's from Saskatchewan, it said, that Midwestern German... Uh... Stein group. Yeah, exactly. Which is something we've run into before when we're trying to do some IDing. Um, however, I reached out to the writer of that article, uh, a Mr. Jonathan Miller, and I said, uh, you know, we're trying to get to the bottom of this. If he had yeah. any information, and he said, he's, he said, it's been a few years and I don't remember the source. So he said that he read somewhere that the Stein family was the German Steins, but he didn't right. have any source on that. 
Now, contrast that to uh, a magazine profile in a local Sacramento um, magazine, Sacktown Mag, which does indicate that his maternal grandparents, who actually raised him, are Jewish. Interesting. So he was raised by his grandparents, the Steins. Yeah. And that article on uh, on Sacktown Mag by uh, Hillary Louise Johnson, we should we should shout out. Yeah. And we'll post a link to it on Twitter, I'm sure. Uh, mentions that his uh, maternal grandparents, Norma and Val Stein, raised him from his youth, and that uh, he he actually adopted the name Collie Stein. As a tribute to them, because his name his name previously was just Willie Colley. I feel like there's a a sort of age of old Jewish man that has a female name, like, you, like Val, like Val, or like Vivian. Yeah, or or Val, Val is a cool name. Yeah, I Val is a cool name. You have to be a, a pretty tough guy to pull it off. Maybe boy named Sue style. So yes, exactly. Any, so very much a boy named Sue. Let me add to that. I reached out to Willie Colley Stein on Twitter. I I slid <laughs> right in there trying to get to the bottom of it, right to the source. I unfortunately did not get a response either, uh, you know, for, for many reasons I can understand why. Maybe he, he's been busy he for Simchas Torah the last few days and yeah. can't, get a, can't get back to you. He's spent a long time in the sukkah and wasn't checking his DMs. Maybe. But uh, if anyone has any further information, we've looked into this, we've researched as much as we can, but we're still at a loss. I think that uh, we'll call him Jewish, Jewish enough for the time being and leave it at that. Um, but as far as we know, he's the only Jewish player. Again, if anybody has any information about any other uh, current uh, NBA player who's Jewish, obviously there's been some in the past, Jordan Farmar and Omri Kasipi most recently. You might remember the Jordan Farmar discussion from our uh, episode, our last ep- episode, two episodes ago, we spoke with director Max Winkler. Right. Um, he was a big fan of Jordan Farmar's, uh, both for his Los Angeles connection and his Judaism. Uh, yeah, that's it for Jewish players. Uh, moving up a step, we have head coaches. And currently right now, we got Bubkis. We got not one Jewish head coach in the NBA. Oh, and uh, let's, I mean, we can talk about uh, Max Bubkis, the former coach <laughs> of the uh, New York Renegades. But first, uh, here we've got Larry Tannenbaum and Adam Silver, two fine gentlemen of the tribe. Yeah, being introduced and uh, honored here as they as they raise the banner. Uh, pretty exciting. I mean, they haven't they haven't really raised a championship banner at the uh, what's now the Scotiabank Center. At all. I mean, they've raised the old Leaf ones, but they, those don't really count. I think there are a couple of Toronto rock banners. Yeah. Um, but we don't need to discuss that. I don't know if a Jewish person has ever picked up a lacrosse stick, let alone <laughs> won a professional championship with it. Yeah. So Adam Silver's talking now. Obviously, the the commissioner of the NBA, uh, noted Jew. Um, <laughs> noted Jew just by looking at him, I would yeah, say. That's, I, a, that's a first glance Jew right there. My uh, a friend of my father's used to say it belonged on the census where it said, you know, your religion, Christian, Jewish, obviously Jewish. Yeah. And that's where Adam, Adam Silver would fit in. Well, he, he's speaking about Larry Tannenbaum and what a fantastic ownership group it is, uh, you know, saying all the right things. Uh, Adam Silver's gotten into some controversy recently, uh, everything that's been going on with China, Daryl Morey's tweet. And uh, I thought Adam Silver had a pretty good, pretty good, you know, tack uh, regarding everything. Well, I mean, he sort of said so after the fact about how oh well it was much worse we could have yeah. been worse we split the difference although i'm here's what i i don't quite understand about this and and maybe it's not so jewish but it definitely has a lot to do with politics and identity i don't fully understand i'm sure daryl Moore knew what he was doing is yeah. there a single team in the nba that has a bigger history with china no and also he went to mit and is just widely acknowledged as one of the smartest guys in the MIT, in, in the nba He's exactly uneducated about china but I, look, I think I think uh, Adam Silver's comment the other day, which is basically that he that he, they pushed back against some of the China overbearing, was was good. And you know maybe they didn't handle it as tactfully as they could in the first like twenty four hours or forty eight hours. But like eventually they 
put out a good statement and they said, you know, they stood behind Maury at the end of the day. Yep. And and they may lose some uh, some profit out of it. Um, you know, they may, they may lose some of the Chinese market. If that happens, it happens. I think they were willing to take a stand to a certain degree without without being too overt. I think so. Now they're playing the song uh, Big Rings by noted Jewish person Drake. Yes. And showing a very blinged out ring. Uh, not sure who made the ring, uh, possibly a Jewish jeweler. Uh, wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be surprised if a Jewish person had handled the diamonds inside yeah. of it at one point or another. Perhaps the gold as well. Yeah. And here's Masai Ujiri, uh, president. He's on uh, the board now. Yeah. Hugging Adam Silver. Great moment. Nice to see Masai Ujiri on an NBA floor without getting accosted by some asshole police officer. <laughs> uh, some roided up police officer in the Bay Area who, you know, is scared of a black man in a suit. Uh, yeah, so nice to see Masai just enjoying this moment. He's got his fist raised in the air. It's fantastic. Uh, you know, got his African pride uh, bracelet on too. Man, I love Masai so much. Oh, he's the best. He's just like he can eat for free. I don't know if he's. He, I, I don't know if you can make a non-Canadian citizen a, an order of Canada, but but he should be made <laughs> an order of Canada, whatever the highest level is. The, the rings are are absurd, by the way. Let's just say. Let, oh like, yeah, like any like any professional sports ring. Yeah, you know we've talked before. Uh, not on this podcast, but a friend of ours works for uh, the Toronto Toronto FC, and because it's a MLSE organization, he's entitled to get a ring as well. And I and I, I believe he's getting maybe not the uh, the fanciest ring possible, but a ring, right? Right. Um. Yeah. So just all the executives coming out. I'm sure it'll be a little more raucous for the coaches and then for the players. Okay, so get them last. I assume. Uh, I assume Kyle gets the the hammer. I would assume. I, so. I think that's got Kyle be right. Lowry. We're speaking of the uh, probably the longest tenured and highest paid Raptor ever. This is nice. It's a really nice moment for all the guys to just be able to come out and you know be acknowledged by the crowd. I mean, they showed the the videos before of. Uh, of everybody in the in the stadium was definitely full for this. You know, oh, it's yeah. a full forty minutes before the game started. Uh, Patrick Matumbo, uh, assistant coach, coming out. I believe uh, uh, not so, Jewish, not Jewish. I, I believe related to Dikembe Matumbo, but I'm not. I'm not positive. Nate Bjorkren, he could be one of those sneaky Jews, like a, like a well, like a Yofet you know. Kato, uh, Cameroonian Jew, exactly, it's or possible. you know, Scarlett Johansson, that type of thing. Sure, possible. Uh, you know. Sergio Scarioli, Scariolo coming out, uh, another assistant coach. Really diverse group of assistant coaches, the Raptors. Right? Yeah. It's been one of their benefits. That's I something think, they've been doing for a long time, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it helps with the uh, uh, multicultural sort of aspect that the team will always have, signing a lot of international free agents. Something that we and the Menchwarmers, we support sort of as global citizens and, and believe in we are globalists after all, in every sense of the term. Well, if they're going to call us that, then, then we're going to embrace it. And here's exactly. the man, Nick Nurse. Big boy from Iowa or whatever part of the Midwest he's from, coming yep. out, hugging Silver, giving a very, giving a very uh, white handshake hug combo. Uh, I believe he just did a Ric Flair strut and woo. I gotta say, Larry Tannenbaum looks like the proudest Zadie in the world right now. <laughs> he looks like he's just like he's like giving a kiss to the bar mitzvah boy with each of these guys who comes out. Where it's every just single like, one, yeah, it's like as if he was turning to Nick Nurse and said, "You you did so good up there. You had all the pronunciations great. The brocha was fantastic." Yeah, he it, just looks like. Or beaming from eye to eye. Maybe he, during the bar mitzvah, he read, uh, you know, the a piece. He read like an Amidah. Yeah. Uh, you know, in honor of his his grandchild. And now he's very excited for it as well. Yeah. So just great to see uh, Larry, you know, really the architect in so many ways of the Raptors existence and, uh, you know, bringing in Masai, bringing in the, you know, giving him the power to 
make the trade last year and exactly. uh, getting rid of Dwayne Casey and bringing in Nick Nurse, which probably had a big deal, big big deal to do with it as well. And you know, just being the face of the franchise, so, so it makes me proud as a Jew to have him as a as the face of a franchise, Larry. Of course, and he's he's very visible. I mean, we'd love to have him on this podcast anytime if he's sure. listening. I believe he is a patron of our uh, our parent organization. I believe so. OG Ananobi, yeah, coming out. Didn't play in the finals as he was injured, but uh, you know, obviously deserves a ring. He's going to be a big part of the Raptors season this year. Up uh, Norm Powell with a little jig. We celebrating. Norm. I believe that Norm's Norm's party has not ended yet. Yeah, Norm was definitely one of the better uh, Raptors on the parade float, guys. Yeah. In terms of like how much he was partying. Obviously, no one can touch the uh, the Spanish giant, Marcus Gasol. You know, I met him on Saturday. No way. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I was in a beer line at the Toronto FC game, and he was walking by. People were parting like the Red Sea oh, and that's clapping amazing. him as he went. And I reached out and stuck out my hand, and he grabbed my elbow with his fingertips and my... Uh, the rest of my hand with his palm. Wow. And we shook hands. That's great. And uh, gave a little fist bump. And then he went on and we watched the uh, the game. All right, let's take it to let's take it to the Raptors house for the for the starters coming in. And here we go. You were right, Jamie, with the hammer. Freshly haircutted. Kyle Lowry himself. Again, not a Jewish man, but someone who us on the Canadian Jewish News love. And watching Larry and Kyle pose together with the ring. Oh, Larry just uh, proposed to Kyle, put the ring on him, and gave him a big kiss. Brought him in. They're hugging. And they're proud of each other. Larry Tannenbaum tonight is like the definition of nachos. You know, oh, yeah. he's it's just so much nachos. pride and and so much joy uh, with all these guys that he's giving rings to, or that he's, he's you know he's giving them their rings and and they're all admiring them and putting them on. Presumably, they haven't gotten them yet. Like this is the first time for them and. Now they can sit in a uh, safety deposit box uh, for most of them for the rest of their lives or some oh. of them until they uh, run up enough debt that they need to sell them. That's right. Kyle Lowry Kyle is... Kyle Lowry giving a speech now. Let's listen in. Yeah. We got this special thing up there right there. We about to unveil. So let's count this down. I'm going to go for five and we're going to unveil this thing. Y'all ready? Five, four, three, two... Wow, and they've just unveiled the banner, Toronto Raptors 2019 World Champions. It's we quite are the, big. We are the champions playing in the background. Yeah. It drops. What happens to one of those big sheets when they reveal it? Does it just hang and dangle <laughs> for a while, or is it going over the crowd? That's a, that's a souvenir. That's the foul ball. That's uh, right. For basketball, as far as it goes. Uh, Larry has stopped smiling, is now just looking up and chewing his gum. Yeah. This it's is very exciting, business. though. Uh, oh wow! Oh, their names, yeah, their are... names are all along the side. That's great. Up, oh, Serge, uh, is, Serge crying. is crying. That's beautiful. We love to see. You love to see it. I mean, I would say uh, one notable absence from from today's broadcast so far. No, no shots at Drake. I yeah. assume he's there, but maybe they got the notes last year about uh, not too, not showing Drake too much on TV <laughs> <laughs> because we haven't seen him yet. And like, there's no way he's not like you know living it up and, and pretending like he was part of the team that, uh, that won that championship. Yeah, We have heard his music several times throughout the night, though. Yeah, that's right. Um, but, you know, everyone's just showing off their rings, really living it up. I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine being able to go from this to uh, playing a basketball game in 15 minutes, yeah. but I guess they have to. <laughs> These guys yeah. are pros, so I guess they, they'll do that. I mean, it's the New Orleans Pelicans, and uh, Zion Williamson's out, so I don't think it'll be much of a challenge. But They all yeah. seem extremely overwhelmed, and that's very beautiful. It's a big moment of nachos for so many fans here. Yeah, everybody's showing off their rings, holding out. Very exciting. Uh, 
And that'll do it for our uh, live watch of the Raptors championship ring ceremony, something that Canadian sports fans don't get to enjoy very often, and uh, especially not Jewish ones. Yeah, that's right. I mean, tried to highlight the Jewish aspects of this, but, you know, we are the Canadian Jewish News. Uh, happy to rep our, our local sports team that uh, we all love so much. Well, thanks for joining us uh, in that uh, live taping. There were a few uh, Jewish-adjacent people in the NBA we didn't get a chance to uh, discuss. Uh, the first one is someone who is supposed to be playing in this game but is injured. Uh, I'm talking about the number one overall pick. I'm talking about a great Mike Jacobs all-star. I'm talking about Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson. Not a Jew. Not a Jew. <laughs> Not at all Jewish as far as you can tell, but, uh, but he was named Zion after Mount Zion. Yep. So, I I mean, if again, if he was Jewish, his name could be uh israel ben uh william sure i mean his name could be zion uh i feel like there's there's plenty of uh zions there's plenty yeah. of zionas yeah there's zion and zion I, I feel is like a or, or uh last name yeah i grew up with a kid named ben zion yeah sure it's all the same thing but yeah. he was named after mount zion uh just yeah. outside of jerusalem uh which is you know sort of synecdoche for all of israel but uh, zion williams big big mike jacobs all-star absolutely uh i think i might have mentioned on the on the live taping there's no uh jewish nba coaches at the moment but uh there have been some in the past there are a couple of executives uh the president of the basketball operations for the los angeles clippers and uh who do not serve kosher food as a reminder right. and uh former head coach of several nba teams is uh lawrence frank Lawrence Frank, interesting story. Uh, grew up playing for both a JCC team and a Catholic youth organization team. Oh, cool. So he was the rare Jewish athlete that was so good, he didn't have to be Jewish. I feel like any, any uh, adult named Lawrence is automatically Jewish. Yes, probably. Yeah. Um, Lawrence Kasdan. Then again, most Larrys, I feel like, are Jewish as well. But maybe I'm just uh, thinking that because of Larry David. Larry David. Yeah. Lawrence David. Yeah. And uh, one more to shout out, Kobe Altman, who's currently the general manager of the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Kobe Altman. Yeah, Kobe Altman Jewish. Uh, C-O-B-Y or K-O-B-E? Uh, no, K-O-B-Y. K-O-B-Y. Okay, so named yeah. after not the beef. Uh, no, not named after the beef and not named after, uh, you know, his contemporary, the <laughs> the more famous Kobe, uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, who's just a few years older than he is. But uh, Kobe Altman raised in Brooklyn and uh, I... Not sure exactly what his background is, but he's Jewish, um, and he's been the general manager of the Cleveland Cavaliers more or less since LeBron left. He, he was definitely on the team. He was definitely part of the uh, part of the executive championship team. Yeah, the 2016 championship team. He uh, became the GM in 2017. That's right. Um, so he's the Cavs GM. Uh, you know, Cavs not looking great. Might be have have to do a little bit with the ownership group, and uh, you know, the only good player they've ever had leaving is uh, Dan Gilbert Jewish. I believe we've looked into this, and he is, but I'm not sure, and we might need to fact-check that I believe that he one. is. I f uh, we'll have our Alex producer check on that, but I wonder if, given that he is you know, almost single-handedly responsible for uh, spreading the accountant profession in something that anyone <laughs> can do right. through Quicken software— uh, he is Jewish. Yeah, that makes Detroit. sense. I mean, he did invent QuickBooks. Yep. Um, he was such a good accountant, he let everyone else be an accountant. That seems a little too on the nose, but uh, I guess he's Jewish. So uh, I think that's all we have for NBA content at the moment. As we said before, uh, you know, if there's other Jewish NBA stories, then we need to, uh, we're happy to know about those. Um, we are, our producer Alice is bringing to our attention a uh, story from the Times of Israel saying the uh, Jewish owned Quicken Loans now kosher for Orthodox borrowers. It, uh, it is a uh, money lender that I guess is uh, now uh, halachic yeah. uh, compliant. Follows uh, the Talmud. 
So for any Jews concerned about usury, uh, now you can get a Quicken loan. But Jamie, does the Talmud not say that thou shalt treat thine free agent superstars weller than thy brother? <laughs> it may well. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that uh, the Talmud gets into free agency so much. Uh, at least not in the way we're talking about it, but uh, I'm sure you could apply some Talmudic lessons to to the virtues of, of signing and, and trading players. No, I'm sure there were some Hittite goat farmers where one of right. them wanted to leave and join the Bedouins. Sure. And uh, the owner of the goat pasture had to strike a deal. Sure. My, my uh, you know, Mishnah learning is mostly uh, reflective of like there being a lot of rules around like, you know, your penalty for this is like you have to give someone a chicken. And your penalty for that is you must give someone a goat. Right. Uh, so I don't know how that applies now, but I feel like... Uh, you know, the uh, the mid-level trade exemption is probably the modern-day GOAT. Absolutely. Pro- absolutely. It's, you know, when they trade cap room or yeah. uh, or perhaps Dan protected Gilbert. Protected picks. Protected you know. picks, exactly. Uh, Dan Gilbert wanted to win the championship, so uh, Andrew Wiggins was a sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Given all the, uh, you know, minutiae and complicated rules of the NBA uh, uh, CBA and salary cap and, and trading rules and all that, you'd think there would be more uh, Talmudic st- scholars who would have made it as NBA executives, you know? Absolutely. Really uh, parse it out and try and understand the, the basis of it and, and the justice of uh, of making trades with players and all that. Well, I mean, with I, – I, I know Jew, it's been a long time since Jews have had high priests. Sure. But, I mean, we could consider Adam Silver and before him David Stern as the high priest of the NBA, the NBA being the Tampa period, <laughs> the existence of pro sports uh, – you know, uh, who would be the Herodotus in this situation? Okay, I, I, I think I think we've probably taken this metaphor really way further than it probably should have gone in the first place. And I, uh, I, I think, think we go, should we should probably sign off there before we get into too much more trouble. I could go deep on Oracle Arena being the real Masada, Ooh. where the dynasty finally ends after years and years of holding it strong. Uh, it had to end sometime for the Golden State Warriors, okay. as it did for the Jews in Masada. We'll have to we'll have to come up with a full typology for uh, biblical locations and, and the history of Jewish <laughs> Jew, Jewish history uh, imposed on an NBA in a uh, in a sort of Bill Simmons uh, uh, Bill Simmons-ish way, accepted Judaism instead of pop culture. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the, you know, Kevin biblical. Kevin Durant is really the Judah Maccabee of uh, the NBA, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. Plus, think about it. Think about it. We've got great warriors. We've got Phoenicians. Those are old-time Jews. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. Not to mention all the old Jews living in Phoenix, uh, probably at the Suns games. That's exactly right. Um, presumably, presumably there were some Jews who were mavericks okay. at some point. I don't know if there are any Jews at NASA or have there ever been, but uh, if Jesus could fly, he was Jewish. That's essentially a rocket. All right, again, I think this uh, metaphor is, is really... We're straining it here. So uh, no, I think- no. There was heat back in um, the, the Middle East in the Temple period. There yeah. was a lot of heat. There were some wizards. Okay. Anyways, uh, I think we're getting off the rails a little bit there, so it's probably a good time to sign we're off. We just on the rails, man. Yeah. Um, as always, uh, you know, we're brought to you by the Canadian Jewish News. You can find us as always on at the at cjnews.com. Um, you can follow us on Facebook at the CJN Podcast Network and uh, follow us on Twitter at Menchwarmers. Please find us on iTunes uh, or on Spotify or on Stitcher or Google Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. We're on all of them. Yeah, I know the high holidays are over, but uh, feel free to reach out to your Jewish relatives, recommend the podcast, pass it along. Uh, we've got a good catalog now, you know, 15 episodes in our bank that uh, you can listen to. Lots of things that uh, people might be interested in, the history of Jews and boxing, tennis, things like that. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And uh, if I know the high holidays are over again, but if you find your time uh, perhaps at a bagel place with your father with not, not much to talk about, we are a pretty good topic of conversation. And from what I can tell, dads really love us. That's right. So uh, we'll see you guys soon. Uh, take care and uh, happy new year again. <laughs>